Hey, I'm Erica. And I'm Lucy. And every week we watch bad movies and objectify the hot actors that star in them. The movies may be good. Or they may be bad. But it doesn't matter because we're discussing how hot the actors are. And let's be honest, that's why we bought the ticket. We recap and rate the movie and cap it off by discussing the star's charity work. Because Because being being a a good good person person is the sexiest trait of all. Listen on Stitcher or badmoviesgoodbutts.com. Okay, hello and welcome to episode 23 of Bad Movies, Good Butts, the podcast. And yes. I'm going to say this right now because I literally will forget, yes. even though I just I, I, If you weren't, I was going to. Okay, that's I was like, I have to say that that's the only reason I started the intro was because I was like, yeah. I have to say this because I just said it. Please go follow us at mm-hmm. BMGB on BMGB podcast on Instagram or Twitter, whatever your hearts desire. Yes. You can send us an email, tell us your awkward celebrity encounters yes please make me feel better about the fact that i am so far the only one that's had one um does it help that he turned out to be cannibal you know like what? like do you feel less bad about it i so i didn't ever really feel bad about it i just felt i was like embarrassed because i was so awkward but do you feel less embarrassed because he wants to eat not people. only do i feel less embarrassed but i fucking escaped a cannibal that's you're kind of badass right right yeah so it's pretty cool but anyway yes we keep forgetting to invite people to follow us on social media yes subscribe rate review yes we're available on all platforms all that good stuff yep do all that don't miss the opportunity and some high quality content you're missing out on a lot of added laughs it's true yeah it's very true Okay, so episode 23, Erica is going first, and this movie was sort of just recommended to me, so I am pumped. Yes, so I am doing I Can Do Bad all by myself. Um, Came out in 2009, written and directed by Tyler Perry. Who, for those who don't know, hometown hero. Yes, he's from New Orleans originally. And isn't he now, like, I'm going to get this wrong, like the first billionaire producer or first black billionaire producer or something like that yes and he started his own studio and production company yes and like every fucking one was at the party for it including obviously beyonce and jay-z so if it's like that level of like if they're at your fucking party yeah you're pretty fucking cool yeah yeah i wonder if rock and michelle were there it's probably yeah right like they were at least invited right like if that's the caliber of people you're bringing in yeah yeah even if maybe they didn't attend or couldn't attend. So it obviously stars Tyler Perry um, <laughs> as Medea. But, um, oh, I didn't know this was a Medea movie. It's not, I shouldn't say as stars him. Medea is in this movie because he puts Medea in a lot of movies. Well, he has some like the Why Did I Get Married that are like fairly yes. serious. Yes, yes. And this is for the most part very serious. Um, but Medea does offer some some comic like comedic okay. interruptions. Yeah. Molly's, um, Molly thinks he's super sexy, and she's like so weirded out by it. That's fair. <laughs> that's fair. She's like, he's Medea half the time, but I think he's so handsome. No, it's right. it's so true, and I think he gets away with the Medea thing. I shouldn't say gets away. It's obviously a good character, but I think the reason why he still gets to be like so masculine and beloved and do Medea is because he does Medea for his mom. Like, his mom passed away before he got, you know, super famous. And she asked him to, like, keep doing that character. Oh, that's sweet. So, I know. Yeah. So, Taraji P. Henson plays April. And Adam Rodriguez, who we know had a small part in Magic Mike. But he stars in this movie as Sandino. 
and Brian White plays Randy. Brian White has been in a lot of Tyler Perry movies, both and shows in general. Um, he was also in Ray Donovan. He was in Scandal. If you like IMBD him, you will recognize his face. Tyler Perry, is he kind of like Scorsese, like works with Leo all the time? Like, is he somebody who like, or, or like Judd Apatow works with his crew a lot? Yes. He, like, yeah, he does. He does he like like yeah. Taraji's been in a lot of his movies. Mm-hmm. Who else? Brian White's been in a lot of his movies. Yeah. He like, um, he, he, yeah, he, he does. Yeah. 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 He, yeah. So the movie starts out with April singing in a club. So we find out that she's like a quasi professional singer, right? Singing in this club in Atlanta. And then we go to three kids breaking into Medea's house. Uh-oh. And Medea catches the kids and they drop her VCR that they're carrying. And so obviously Medea freaks out and gets all mad, but then she ends up with a DVD player with a VCR. No, I mean does she end up with a DVD <laughs> oh, player cuz no. nobody has VCRs? <laughs> no. Okay. Uh what she ends up doing is feeding the kids cuz they're clearly very hungry. Oh. And she's like, "What are you guys doing?" like cuz they're like they're like young kids. They're like little kids. And she's like, why are you guys breaking into people's homes, like stealing stuff? Like you you clearly haven't eaten in days. Like what's going on? And we find out that their grandma left for work four days ago and hasn't come home yet. Oh, dear. And she's like, well, what about your mom? And they're like, well, our mom is dead. And she goes, you don't have any family. They go, well, we have an aunt. So then we go back to April and she is stumbling home from the club drunk. Ooh. Randy is there. And we also find out at this time that Randy is married. His wife calls. And we find out that his wife is pregnant. Uh-oh. And he already has four kids that he can't afford the child support on. And he's like, I can't you know, take care of another kid and blah, 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 blah. Wait, the- but who was this person in relation to the story? Randy? Yeah. April's boyfriend. Oh, okay. Okay. Sorry. Yes. So they're like, they were in bed together when like Got wifey it. called. Yeah. So he tells her that he loves her and leaves. So the next day, Medea takes the kids to April's house because April is their aunt. When they said like, we still have an aunt, it's April, aka Taraji P. Henson. And um, Medea's like, I need the money to fix my window and, like, the shit that they broke. Yeah. And April's like, well, that's my mom's problem. Like, she's supposed to be in charge of them. Like, where is she? Like, when I find her, you'll get the money back. And so her and Medea are kind of going back and forth. And then Medea finally agrees to let the kids work off the $300. And April's like, fine, they can come stay here until we find my mom, whatever. So now we flash over to the local church and Sandino a.k.a. Adam Rodriguez, has just shown up at the church and he's just come from somewhere in South America. They don't really say where. But we find out the church used to do missions there at his home and so he knew the pastor. And he's like, I'm just looking like for some work, like a place to stay. And the pastor's like, well, he's like, you know, we can put you to work a little bit around the church. And he's like, you know, I'll find you. I'll find you some place to stay. So then we go back to April and the kids and the kids are a girl and two younger boys. So Jennifer is the daughter and she gets caught stealing at Uh the local pharmacy uh, stealing needles oh so yeah big problem and so she gets caught like by the you know pharmacy owner and yeah she's running past the church and so the pastor recognizes her right because he knew her grandma rose and he's like well let me take you back to your aunt's house so uh you know the pastor like takes her back and is talking to april and he's like i don't know where your mom is either but like clearly she can't take care of these kids anymore she's getting older like you got to help out. Like, you know, you've been yeah. really from your family. We learn at this time, too, that the house that April lives in was left to her and her sister by her dad. But her sister is dead now, so she's just living there by herself. Uh, and the house is in disrepair. And she's like, well, yeah, I'm, you know, she makes a joke like, I'm leaving it just the way my daddy left it. Like, so the pastor convinces April to let Sandino stay there in exchange for fixing up the house. And he'll, like, do some oh, work nice. at the church. And um, so she lets him stay in the basement. And so then Sandino takes the boys outside to play. 
Where does this take place? Do we know? Atlanta. Oh, okay. Like many Tyler Perry movies take place in Atlanta. Okay. They don't come right out and say Atlanta, but mm-hmm. like clearly Atlanta. Like Brian White's character has like an Atlanta tattoo. Yeah. Like it's clearly it's supposed to be Atlanta. They're all in like Braves gear or something. Yeah, like it's it's one hundred percent supposed to be Atlanta. Yeah. So because obviously April is working at the club at night, so she's sleeping in the day and she like tells the kids to stay quiet. So Sandino takes the boys outside. They're like kind of playing soccer. Jennifer, their sister, goes out to supervise. Randy, the boyfriend, shows up and he's like what the fuck is this? Like, who is this dude? Well, like, yeah. He's like, I went to work today and is, now there's this dude married? living in your house. Yes. But we also know at this time too that he pays the bills at April's. So he's he's helping her out. And also when he, because he's like, you know, you know I hate kids. Like, I don't want no kids here. You know, blah, blah, blah. But he also starts checking out Jennifer just a little too hard. Mm-mm. And Jennifer just has a bad attitude, right? She's pissed. I mean, she's, you know, understandably. And he's like, oh, I got something for little girls who think that they're grown. Like, he's already giving you off serious creep, serious creeper vibes. So April takes them to Medea's to work, and then she goes to the club. And Gladys Knight, a.k.a. Miss Wilma, shows up at the club, and she asks about April's mom. She's like, I know her from yeah. church. Like, I haven't, like, is anybody looking for she... her? Like, what's going on? We still don't know where she is. Okay. And April's like, well, I went by her house, and she wasn't there. And you know, they kind of have this, like, little exchange, and Miss Wilma's like, you know, April, your mom had very high hopes for you. Like... More than just singing in a club six nights a week. Um, ah, excuse me, Gladys Knight. <laughs> <laughs> so now we're we're back at the house and the kids are cleaning up for Medea. And Jennifer just has a really, she's pissed, right? She has a bad attitude. She's rolling her eyes. She's saying whatever. Like, you know, she just she's an angry kid. And so Medea sits her down and she's like, you know, why? Why are, why are you like this? Like what, you know? Well, is that... Do you need to ask that? Isn't it pretty clear why she's angry? Well, because Medea says, you know, you're not ever going to have anybody around you if you keep pushing them away. She's like, well, I don't want anybody around me. And, you know, Medea's like, well, can you smile? Can you? And Jennifer's like, I have nothing to smile about. And Medea tells her that she's alive. That's something to be happy about. And, you know, she tells her that she's very pretty. And Jennifer goes, well, I don't have, like, nice clothes and nice things. Like, I can't be pretty. And Medea's, you know, actually gives her a very nice little pep talk about, like, you know, yes, you can. You are you know you can be pretty and you are pretty and like you have you know it takes more than just nice clothes to like be a nice person and, right because you know. yeah because because pr- pretty is like you know you can be pretty in a lot of different ways so exactly that's kind of what she's saying about like yeah. you know you can have a pretty attitude yeah. you can have a pretty smile right, exactly. you can have a yeah. pretty like yeah you know that sort of thing so we're back at the club and the MC convinces Miss Wilma to come up and sing and so she dedicates her song to April so there are some song breaks in this movie right because nice. You know, so we get we get almost has a musical feel. They don't randomly break into song, but you know we do have some nice musical breaks at the club and at church. Musical. Yeah, I am quickly seeing why my Facebook algorithm yeah. suggested this. Yeah. Movie. So Medea brings the kids home, and Sandino has gotten insulin for Manny, who's one of the little boys. And it turns out that Jennifer was stealing needles because he was diabetic Aww. and needed needles for his insulin. And Jennifer's like, oh, "Why did like what am I supposed to do in exchange for this?" And Sandino's like nothing like you said he needs medicine like i bought him medicine and jennifer's like why are you being so nice like just being super suspicious and he's like because i'm nice like (laughs) because clearly you guys need some help like nobody knows where your grandma is like you know your aunt's drunk like (laughs) he doesn't say that but you know like like you know clearly like he needs medicine so the next morning sandino is just making a ton of noise uh he's fixing stuff up right he's supposed to be working off his debt but what he's doing is he's starting to fix up a room so the kids can stay. It's like one of the bedrooms was like, he's like, this flooring needs to be replaced. Like, it's not safe. And April's like, yeah, that's why I keep the door closed. So nobody goes in here. 
And um, yeah, I feel like that would have been something that I would have like the second that that arrangement was worked out, I would have been like, you are not starting any sort of constructing, <laughs> constructing product project before like 10 a.m. Well, it turns out it's actually like two in the afternoon. Oh, like, yeah. like, like, like in the fight, he's she like, can't get mad. Right. Yeah. Like in the fight, he goes, well, it's one thirty. And it turns out he's fixing up the room so the kids can stay. He's like, the kids need a bedroom. Yeah. They're sleeping on the couch. Like, I'm fixing the room so you can stay. And April's like, yeah, they're not staying with me. Like, that's not that's not what's going to happen. She's like, don't worry about fixing up this room. And Cindy was like, why aren't you worried about your family? Like, no one knows where your mom is. Someone needs to take care of your niece and your nephews. Like, why don't yeah, you give a shit? she seem pretty unconcerned about where her mother is. Yeah. And Sandino also tells April that she's too good for Randy. And that he's actually making her into a mean person because he's such a mean and ugly person Ooh, which right i mean it's like it's a hard-hitting truth right that like we become who we spend a lot of time with and if they're a mean person or a bad person we might be too especially if it's your boyfriend exactly exactly and especially if it's somebody like in that kind of scenario where she's clearly trying to keep randy happy right because they have this arrangement that you know is supposed to work out really good for both of them right he pays the bills and gets no strings attached relations she gets her bills paid and doesn't have to deal with being emotionally available or vulnerable, right? She can just, he's not around all the time, and she likes that. So then uh, the pastor and Miss Wilma are at her door, and they tell April that her mom died. Jeez. So what happened is a week ago she left for work and had a brain aneurysm on the bus. She was on the bus all day because people just assumed that she, she was, was sleeping. sleeping. But then at, when it came to the end of the day... What about the, the bus driver? Well, that's what happened. So when it came to the end of the day... The bus driver couldn't wake her up, and they realized, that, you know, that she was deceased. She'd been at the city morgue this whole time, but because she didn't have any ID on her and nobody came to claim her, they ended up cremating her. So they brought April her mom's remains, and pastor's like, the church is here, like, whatever you need. And Miss Wilma's like, I'm going to go pack up her things and, like, get the kids' those things. You don't need to worry about it. I'll bring all that stuff over. So then the pastor tells Cindy to take good care of her. And April breaks down and goes upstairs to Randy. Like, she's crying and upset. He's still in bed, and she, like, goes to hug him, and he's like, Ugh trying to sleep get off me doesn't even ask her if she's okay like just doesn't give a shit so later that day right randy's gone and sandino is just talking to april and like asking her how she's doing and she tells him that she hasn't talked to her mom in just about a year so we learn that her sister was a crackhead i mean they they call her a crackhead a few different times in this movie we learned that she traded jennifer for crack when jennifer was just nine years old we also learn that she was high and put byron one of the little boys in the oven and he's clearly, like, his character is slow. And, like, he doesn't talk very good. He doesn't yeah. make eye contact very good. You know, we learned that Manny is sick with diabetes and asthma because he was born addicted. And is that diabetes? Is that a symptom of, like... I don't know. Mm-hmm. I know asthma can be. I think asthma can be because they're often premature. Yes. I don't know how the how the, the, di- that, Di- the that affected the diabetes, diabetes or if that's just a fun episode. Like Creative a, license. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, why else would she be stealing needles then? You know, like just a way to add some spice. The narrative, yeah. And we learned that Mama Rose, so the grandma and April's mom, was always there for her sister. And April and her mom fought about that a lot. And she goes, I said some things that I wish I could take back. And now she's gone. I didn't even get to say goodbye. Because Taraji P. Henson was like, you're enabling her. Yeah. And just like, you know, she was wanting me to help with the kids. And like, she goes, you know, my whole life was supposed to stop to take care of all these other people. And like, my mom didn't worry about me. And, you know, just like all those, all those feelings that in a lot of ways, like very understandably come up 
when you're dealing with that in a family. Yeah. And she goes, she was so good to people and then she just died alone like that on a bus and nobody knew about it. So the kids finally come home. So like Sandino's like holding her and consoling her. Then the kids finally come home and she's like, where have you guys been all day? Like, you can't just leave without telling me. And Jennifer's like, yeah, you're not the boss of us. She goes, and we were out looking for Mama Rose. And so April tells... And the sad fucking thing... I mean, this is all very sad. But even more, just to add an extra layer of sadness, is you should feel comfortable going to people who are supposed to protect and serve and saying my fucking grandmother's missing for four days but obviously right that is not the relationship yes yeah i wouldn't go to the cops either right like through all of this there is no police because because there wouldn't wouldn't be be police because they know i would as a 16 year old girl of color i would know better i would not step foot are you kidding me no way yeah not happening i'd be what choked out and pepper sprayed yeah no way so april aka tarashi p henson tells the kids that their grandma has died and so Jennifer's like, you're lying. You're just saying that to be mean to us. They realize that she's not lying, obviously. But there's, you know, just a lot of anger there. Yeah. And so Sandino tries to console Jennifer, but she's like, oh, I'm fine. I'm going to go make the boys lunch. Like, you know, she goes, people die. I get left alone all the time. Just like, you know, one more thing for her to be angry about. Right. You know, because her mom died and left her. And yeah, and I feel like and she she did just admit to him that it was upsetting. And so now she has to, like, double back and yes. go back to being mean. You know? Yes. Yes. So Jennifer, the girl, now she goes to Medea's just by herself and she's upset because uh, her aunt April, Taraji P. Henson, is sending them to foster care and they're going to get split up. Well, why is she doing that? Because she just doesn't want to keep them. She just doesn't want the responsibility of having all three kids and okay, how her but life that's would a change. And, like, it is. <laughs> it is. And so like, you know, but this is this is the comedic break in the movie where like Medea tries to console her and like tell her a Bible story and like, you know about how like, she needs to keep her eyes on Jesus and she like fucks it all up and includes like Eve the rapper in the story and like you know it just it gets a little weird and messy. So now we're back at the club and April is talking to the bartender who's played by Mary J. Blige and Mary J. Blige tells April that she is selfish and tells her that she's always drunk. Good. And she only cares about herself and she tells her to stop worrying about Randy and start worrying about herself and her family. Yeah I'm on Mary J. Blige's side. Yeah and she's like you know she goes all the problems that you're saying that, you know, the kids would have, she goes, they would actually fix many problems in your life. If you like just quit worrying about how to keep a married man to continue to pay your bills. bills. So then Mary, this is, we get another song break. Mary J. Blige goes up on the stage to sing the song. I can do bad all by myself. (laughs) So now we're back at the house and Jennifer is taking care of Manny and she's given him his insulin and she's like holding him because he's like not feeling very good because this diabetes is also being managed very poorly right like this kid's yeah. blood sugar is never being tested yeah and April tells Jennifer that she can't keep them but she will make sure that she finds them a good foster home like she won't let them get split up that's not a thing and um right you, like that it doesn't work that way like she right, you can't she, give them up and then and then dictate and choose, what happens yeah. absolutely and yeah that just, it doesn't it just doesn't work and so then Jennifer tells Taraji P. Henson that when she grows up she's gonna be just like her and only care about herself and not worry about anybody else and she's like it's like I've been worrying about my brothers my whole life and take care of them she goes I'm gonna live like you and just only think about myself and she wasn't even saying it to be mean she was just genuinely like but you can tell by the look on Taraji P. Henson's face she's, she's like, like oh shit yeah. so then but this is not the first time that it's been pointed out to her that that's her persona exactly exactly and then so the next day Sandino tells April that he has a surprise for her and he takes her to like the park and they go like on paddle boats and they have like a cute little date. Did April- he mean for it to be a date? Yeah. He's he like did. obviously yeah. in her. Okay. And so April asks Sandino why he held her like that and they find out her found out her mom died. 
Because he's not a fucking monster? Yeah, he's like, because you needed to be held. And she's like, yeah, but why'd you hold me like that? And he's like, like what? And she's she goes, why did you hold me like you cared? And he's like, because I do care. And he tells her that she hides all of her best qualities and doesn't. And he's like, I don't get why you're with Randy. And April said, she's like, well, Randy pays the bills. And Sandino asks if she loves Randy. And she can't really answer. And then she goes, you know, it's kind of that, like, well, yeah, you know, sure. Like, it works for us, you know? Like, I love Randy. I love Sour Patch Kids. Right, yeah. right. And Sandino tells her that their relationship is not love. That love is being too tired from the night before to go to work. And that love is someone that will always be there with you through thick or thin. So then the kids get home from school and Sandino shows them the bedroom that he's fixed up for them. So he had somehow worked around uh, April's schedule and fixed <laughs> up the bedroom. And so the boys are excited. They're like jumping on their bunk beds. And even like Byron, the boy who doesn't really talk, right? Because his mom put him in an oven. He's like, my bed, my bed. Like so excited. And Jennifer is mad. And she's like, she's like, Sandino, don't get their hopes up. And he's like, what do you mean? He's like, you guys need a place to stay at least while you're here. And she's like, Aunt April's not keeping us. We're not going to stay here. Like, don't. She's like, the couch is fine. She's like, come on, boys. We're going back downstairs. Like, that's where we sleep. Aunt April's not going to let us stay here. And so then it's Sunday. And Sandino takes the kids to church. And he goes to knock on April's door to get her to come with them. And, of course, Randy opens the door and tells Sandino that April isn't going. And, you know, he's like, if you ever come knock on this door ever again, like, going to be like, you don't need to be up here. You stay in the basement, Mexico, like Whoa. being a dick. And then he tries to stop April from going. Randy does when she, like, just goes on her own volition. And she's like, you know, what do you mean you're going to stop me? Like, go home to your wife. Like, you have somewhere else you need to be. So she goes to church. And then we have this whole big scene, like, with the sermon and all the music. And basically the sermon and all the music and everything in this big long scene was just about, like, being lost and then finding yourself. Right, so Taraji Pansy's character has a big revelation of like I need to find I need to myself. Get it together. Yeah. yeah. So now we're back at April's, and the kids are asleep, and Manny, the little boy with diabetes, isn't doing very good. At, like he's like having night sweats, and you know you can tell he's sick. Mm. So Jennifer gets up and goes to the fridge and gets his insulin. Right, mm -hmm. she's gonna like give him a shot in the middle of the night. So obviously, like again, his diabetes is not being managed well. <laughs> like yeah. someone else should have to give you a shot in the middle of the night. So she doesn't realize it, but Randy is sitting there at the kitchen table in the dark. And he lights up a cigarette and he tells Jennifer that this is his house. He pays the bills and he decides if she gets to stay or if her and her nappy headed brothers have to leave. Wow. Yeah. And he tells Jennifer that he needs to take Jennifer's like, you know, just leave me alone. Like I'm taking care of Manny. And he's like, you need to take care of me if you want to stay here. Ugh. So he comes up to her and he pushes her up on the counter. He starts to unbuckle his pants. Ugh. And she's like, I'm going to tell my aunt. And he's like, she's not going to believe you. She's going to believe me. But thankfully, Adam Rodriguez comes up from the basement and saves the day. Beats his ass. Ugh, God, Jesus. <laughs> Kicks Randy into next fucking week. That's so gross. So April comes home from the club as this is happening. Not as Randy's doing his thing, but as Sandino is beating the shit, beating out, of the shit out of him. And she yells at Sandino and she breaks the fight. And Jennifer's, like, sobbing. So Sandino, like, grabs her and holds her. Not in, like, like another, another like, sweet paternal, like, yeah. not being not a, a creep. Like, creep right? And tells April that Randy tried to rape her. And Randy calls Jennifer a slut and tells April that she tried to have sex with him for money. She, and, right? Right? And Sandino's like, I saw the whole thing. You and know, as 16-year-old girls are wont to do. Yes. Yes. 
willingly as 16 year old girls are willingly want to do in the middle yeah. of getting their little brother's uh-huh. diabetes medicine mm-hmm. which is like all laying there on the counter like you can clearly see what's happening the boys are up now and they're crying and they're like holding their sister and Sandino's like I saw it he's like, she's like he's like I saw what happened and Jennifer is crying and yelling that Randy is lying and Randy's like who are you gonna believe me or her and April goes she goes oh no I believe you baby like go upstairs and like get in the tub and so Sandino is Holding Jennifer and telling her, he's like, it's okay. I'm not, like, he's never gonna get to touch you. Like, I'm here. Like, I'm not gonna let him go anywhere near you. He can't hurt you. And April just very calmly walks up the stairs to Randy. And, you know, he's in the tub. And so Taraji P asks him what happened. And Randy repeats his story that she tried to pay him to have sex. And Randy's like, you gotta get rid of, like, he's going on and on, right? He's like, really overselling it. He's like, get rid of these kids. They're ruining our lives. Like, they're eating me out. He's like, I can't, he's like, I can't afford to keep paying for the kids to be here too like this is it's costing me too much and while he's doing this april very calmly plugs in a radio and she asks him again what happened and what he did and he again says she tried to pay me to have sex and taraji panson very calmly goes that was my 16 year old niece and he just keeps sticking to his story and while he's doing that april inches the radio closer and closer to the water in the tub and um do it right and so she's she starts april's talking here and we learn that there's someone named lee we're assuming someone her mom dated told her mom that he didn't do anything to her either and that it was all april's fault and so like randy is starting to see that she's not believing him Mm -hmm. and he's like yelling at her to like get the radio away from the water and so he starts to get out of the tub and she drops it in lights his ass up yeah we do get a sweet little shot of brian white's tight little butt (laughs) as he's being mildly electrocuted electrocuted (laughs) as he's crawling out of the tub so sandino has heard the commotion so he has come up stairs and taraji leaves the bathroom and sandino does he die no no because he was he was enough out of the water that like he didn't die but he he got a he got a nice little shock. So Sandino tells Randy that he has three minutes to get his stuff and you know get the fuck out. So now we're back at the club and April's just sitting there drinking. Sandino goes to find her and she's like, "Oh, you left the kids alone." And Sandino's like, "I took his keys. Like I made sure he left. Like they're fine. And you're a drunken mess. So we need to get you home." And she said she's mad at herself. She goes, "I should have known by the way he looked at her." And April says, "When a grown man takes that kind of interest in a little kid, you know that there's something not right with them." And so because she's super drunk, she asks Sandino if he's a child molester. He's like, is that why you're interested in my niece and my nephews? Is that why you care so much? And child molesters famously super honest people. So if you ask them flat out like that, they'll definitely say yes. Correct. (laughs) That's the way to go about that. And Sandino tells her, I'm just showing them love. He's like, you don't love them. He's like, someone needs to love these kids. And so he goes to leave and she's chasing him out of the club and we learn that wherever he's from in south america mm-hmm. that he had to start picking coca leaves at seven and he's like i was beaten if i didn't pick enough and he's like and then i had to go then he's like when i got older the cartel sent me to go recruit other kids and he's like so i just want to help those kids he's like i know what it's like to have pain growing up to not be loved and you know why does she want to get in the way of that and he tells her that he feels sorry for her that she can't imagine why somebody would just love somebody without anything in return Ouch. um so april comes home that night and Jennifer's just still sitting there on the couch crying. And, you know, Jennifer's kind of looks at her and she's like, I'm sorry. And April goes, don't worry. I never believed him. Aww, like, just kind of, like, reassuring yeah, her. Yeah. Because she had said, like, oh, no, baby, I believe you. Right, yeah. Um, she's like, you know, don't. She goes, no, don't worry, Jennifer. I never believed him. And she tells him, she's like, you never have to worry about him again. She's like, I'm not bringing him back into this house. Like, don't even worry about that. 
And so Jennifer thanks April for believing her. And Jennifer asks if they can stay. She's like, I'll cook, I'll clean. She's like, I'll quit school and get a job so I can help pay the bills. She's like, just don't. She's like, I'll take care of the boys. You won't have to. She's like, just don't make us go to foster care. And April tells her that she won't need to quit school. She's like, you don't need to do any of that. She goes, I need you guys to stay. She goes, I have to fix this. She goes, I have to fix my family. And uh, she tells Jennifer, she's like, I need you to teach me how to take care of your brother. She's like, they're not, you know, so it's not your responsibility anymore. She goes, go wake your brothers up. She goes, let's go. You guys go to sleep in your room. She goes, you know, Santino made you that room. Like, it's yours. You're staying here. It's weird that, I mean, it's not weird because, like, this is the whole point of the movie and this is who she is as a person. But it's weird that even before that, she wouldn't have, like, when Jennifer made the decision, like, no, we're sleeping downstairs because we don't want to get our hopes up. It's weird that Taraji P. Henson wouldn't have been like, no, you're fucking sleeping up there for now. You know, like, yes. that's strange yes. that she wouldn't have even cared that much. But I guess it's good that she's getting on board now. Right. <laughs> Better late than never. So the next morning, Santino tells the kids that he has to leave. He's like, you know, I'll stay in touch. I'll come in and check on you. He's like, but I can't. I can't live here anymore. Because of the tension between him and... Yeah. I mean, she's accused him of being a child molester. Well, she did. She did do that. Right? (laughs) Right. So Taraji P. and Jennifer are unpacking Mama Rose's things. And they kind of started, like, some sweet little bonding moments, like, laughing about some things and whatever. And Jennifer tells April that she's wrong about Sandino. She's like, you know, you need to let him in. And April's like, you're a kid. You don't know anything. And she's like, you're right. She goes, but I do know that there aren't many people in this world that you can trust. And we can trust him. So then we see Sandino at church. You know, we have another musical interlude (laughs) of praise and worship. And then after church, she goes back to April's. And she apologizes. And she says that she likes having him around. And then Taraji P. tells Sandino that she loves him like a friend. And he's like, I don't believe you. (laughs) And he tells her that she pushes everyone away. He tells her that she doesn't love herself the way that he loves her. That he is in love with her. And she asks him if he will teach her how to love him back the right way. And so then they kiss, right? They're all in love and they're all fixing themselves. (laughs) Then the movie ends with a big, big musical number, but it's with them getting married and having like a big block party for their reception. So the kids are with them and like everybody's happy and like it's all good and everyone is healthy and well. So I give this movie both my boobs. It's a super good movie. Besides the fact that Adam Rodriguez is freaking hot in it. (laughs) And, you know, I don't know why. Because it feels a little weird to say this, but in the movie, he obviously has a super thick accent because he's supposed to be from somewhere in South America. And it just makes him that much hotter. Like, it's just. An accent always makes him Right? Hot. It's yeah. so. And, and, when he, and the, when the movie starts, when he first comes, he's like real scruffy. But then when he gets to April, he cleans up. And even she's like, ooh, you're fine. Like, yeah. he is. And, you know, it's just all around. I think it's a great story. Yeah. It's a great movie. Definitely, if you haven't seen it, it's a must. Go I watch didn't think it. Tyler Perry movies. Well, I didn't think Medea movies got that heavy. Right? Yeah. Right? I mean, Medea doesn't have a huge part in this movie, obviously, but yeah. Actually, a super heavy Medea movie, maybe I'll do it some other time, is Medea Goes to Jail. So it's super hilarious because she's in jail, mm-hmm. but it's also about like how this woman is a sex worker and. A different woman. A different woman, not Medea, <laughs> but a different, a different woman that's in jail. But her childhood friend, you know, has gotten out of like whatever their bad neighborhood and is now like a prosecutor for the DA's office. And he like actually comes to help her because she's like wrongly convicted by his fiance because his fiance is like, I want her out of his life. Like it's super heavy, but it's called Medea Goes to Jail. Mm. So yeah, sometimes, sometimes a Medea movie does get heavy. <laughs> so first and foremost, I want to highlight the sexual abuse crisis text line. It's 741741. So just 
down that whole row because eight out of 10 teens, according to their website, are raped by somebody that they know. Eight out of 10 teens who are raped are raped by somebody Yes. Yes. Okay, got it. Not like eight out of 10 teens yeah. are raped, but eight out of 10 teens yeah. who are rape victims are yeah. raped by somebody that they and know. And I think that that's true for adults as well. Probably, I'm sure. If sexually assaulted, it's more likely to be somebody you know. I'm sure. I don't know if it's quite that high, but it, it, I think it's more likely to be somebody you know. I'm sure. Oh, also, I wanted to mention the National Runaway Safe Line is 800-786-2929. Tyler Perry does have a charitable organization, the Tyler Perry Foundation. They actually donate to a lot of nonprofits. They don't you know, do work themselves, but they donate to nonprofits that support the eradication of homelessness, civil rights matters, and those affected by natural disasters. But definitely, definitely support the National Runaway Safe Line and the Sexual Abuse Crisis Text Line. Those are big issues, I think, that face a lot of, you know, I feel old saying this, but it's true. A lot of young people today, they're good resources. Okay, I am doing... (laughs) Also, a pretty heavy movie. I should have chosen a lightened up one, but I did Why? not. I don't know. Two heavy movies. But we do this all the time unconsciously, where we do like two Guy Ritchie movies, two heavy movies, two rom coms, two yeah. 90s movies. Like, I don't, you guys, we don't do this on purpose because we don't even talk about what we're doing ahead of time. We just come prepared with whatever, and it, they always end up happen to like line up somehow. Yeah, we don't like uh, we don't like strategize. No, we really maybe don't. Maybe we should, so we don't do too <laughs> too depressing ones. I didn't realize that Gladiator was heavy and depressing. I thought it was more of like an action. I mean, I know what gladiators are in ancient Rome, and like, but I thought the movie itself was just more like an action movie. Yeah, no, it gets super sad. Oh, okay, so I am doing the movie Gladiator. It came out in two thousand. I thought it was two thousand one, but I was incorrect. <laughs> it's even older than we thought. Yeah. It was written by David Franzoni, John Logan, and William Nicholson, and directed by Ridley Scott, who, ironically enough, is currently directing a movie with Adam Driver, who I just did in the last episode. Oh, fun. And according to IMDb, there's going to be a Gladiator 2, which when we get to the how? End, when we get to the end of this, you're going to be like, how? I mean, I would say how just from Russell Crowe's Being age. Old. Yeah. The movie stars Russell Crowe, Joaquin Phoenix, Connie Nielsen, Oliver Reed, and Richard Harris. This was one of the first movies that ever made me cry. Oh, wow. And fun fact, it's my sister's favorite movie. Interesting. Um, it won five Oscars. Joaquin Phoenix somehow lost and was robbed for Best Supporting Actor because his performance in this movie is amazing people didn't care but joaquin phoenix was definitely in like a leo situation where he was like always being nominated and yeah never. but i don't think people cared because joaquin phoenix kind of seems like a crazy person and he like has done some problematic stuff so people yeah. were like oh i just don't care did, about he, that. did he end up winning for walk the line is that what he ended no. up winning for no he just won for joker oh so yeah. yeah it hasn't been going on for a long time yeah i don't know why in my head i thought like reese witherspoon he won for walk the mm-hmm. line no nope. did river win an oscar no, I think he might have been nominated for one. Okay. He, he didn't. I don't think he won. One. I don't know why I'm asking. Like I can't just fucking Google it myself. But. <laughs> so for reference, his performance in this movie is so good that it's what I don't even watch Game of Thrones, but I know that King Joffrey was like the bad guy and everybody hated him. That man who played him, mm-hmm. he based his performance off Joaquin Phoenix in oh, wow. Gladiator. Yeah. So a little like blurb in the beginning is because it's obviously like a period piece um, is establishing that we're in ancient Rome and there's pretty much always some sort of war going on. The point basically is that we're in 180 AD. The current emperor is a man named Marcus Aurelius and he's trying to take over barbarian tribes in Germania. He's been on this expansion plan for the past 12 years and they're pretty damn close to winning this battle. And when this battle is won, the war's over. 
Russell Crowe is General Maximus. He has sent an envoy to tell the barbarians that they can surrender or fight, but like, just to be real, you'll probably die. Um, and the barbarians <laughs> send the envoy back on his horse without its head. Yeah. So that's how that goes. Yeah. So they're choosing battle. This role was originally offered to Mel Gibson. And I just have to say thanks so much, Mel, for turning it down because you're a terrible person and it would have ruined this movie for me for the rest of my life. I mean, <laughs> the only reason I can still watch Braveheart is because it was so long before. Yeah. The anti-Semitism. Yeah. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. So that's fair. If it had come too close together, it really, it, you really couldn't do it. You can't do it. Yeah. So <laughs> Wow. I kind of forgot that I used to watch this movie all the time when I was studying for like Western Civ finals. And now I'm getting flashbacks of it being like 2 a.m. And I have my little dorky flashcards. <laughs> <laughs> flashcards are not dorky. They aren't necessary to learn the material. <laughs> well, especially because like since I have a history degree, it would be so much of like, yeah, who's this guy? Who's yes. that guy? So what date the, did this happen? Yeah. So yeah. flashcards were super helpful. Yeah. <laughs> I wrote, I'll tell you what, Russell Crowe might be a crazy person, but he can ride the shit out of a horse. <laughs> <laughs> I love Lucy's stream of consciousness. We take notes so differently. Like I don't, I don't want to miss a single line or plot point. And Lucy's like, let me tell you what, I had to pause to touch myself. That's like I, funny that's because <laughs> I, I feel like my mine lately at least have been so much longer than yours because I feel like you're so much better at like getting to the point of a scene and I have to be like and then this person said then this person said but you oh. can be like they have a conversation about this and then like move on. I'm so bad at that. <laughs> <laughs> so he's giving his men the brave like that ver the gladiator version of the Braveheart speech, and he tells them that in a few months he'll be back with his family and before they go into this battle they should think about where they want to be in a few months. So to stay with him, and if they find themselves lost in a green pasture with the sun on their faces, they can be happy because they're already dead. <laughs> and they're, okay. in, they're actually in heaven. Whoa. He tells them what we do in life echoes in eternity, which is one of my favorite quotes ever. And it, it's kind of like meaningless and just kind of sounds badass. Like it didn't like what? No, it doesn't. But also the so this, like I said, this is my sister's favorite movie. And I had a phenomenal made of honor toast and then the best man went after me to give his toast and it was just like a collection of movie quotes from molly and tommy's favorite movies and he chose that one my speech was better is what i'm saying uh, <laughs> and they like me better but um do they like you better or do they just love you more no they like me as okay <laughs> Um, <laughs> the point is a Maximus is good at his job and B everybody loves and respects him. We talked about 50 shades and then a different red eye that have like the score was like very heavy yes, and yes. in red eye, I felt like it was cool. It worked and not so much in 50 shades, but what did I mean, work 50 about that movie? Shades, it worked just because otherwise I would really not have had yeah, any clue what was going on. Yeah, yeah. It worked in the fact that I was able to stay up with it <laughs> slightly. Yeah. Yeah. The score for gladiator is so good. So we're fine with it. They actually like stole it and almost like identically replicated it for the first Pirates of the Caribbean movie. Didn't the again? I'm asking you questions. I can Google, but didn't the score get nominated or win an Oscar yes. in Gladiator? Like yes. it's like yeah, yeah, it's like it's, it's famous. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Richard Harris, who plays Emperor Marcus Aurelius, he's watching the battle go down from the sidelines. Marcus Aurelius um, was one of the more popular Roman emperors. There were <laughs> there were so many and they really ran the gamut of just like terrible sociopaths, like people who were not sociopaths, but generally were just like bad at being emperor and bad at their jobs. And then like 
the rare, really good ones that everyone. I really mean, liked. I think that was the case too, like with the pharaohs. Like, if we've learned nothing from history, it's that. I feel like I, I learned that a, about a lot of model of government doesn't work. <laughs> One supreme ruler. Yeah. Um, I feel like a lot of the pharaohs that I learned about, though, like there was a it wasn't there were a lot more bad ones. Oh, that's fair. Yeah, 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 yeah. So Marcus Aurelius was one of the yeah. also rare, really good ones. <laughs> um, the battle's been won, and we see a man and a woman in a carriage, and they seem super rich. This is Joaquin Phoenix, whose hair is doing some crazy shit right now. Like is it, it a almost, wig? Is it a wig? I don't think it was oh. a wig. I think his hair would look like this if he like grew it out. But I think they like <laughs> blew it dry or something. It looks he, it looks kind of like an afro. So like, it's it maybe the really... same person that does Sam Hewen's hair for Outlander maybe, was doing maybe. Joaquin yeah. Phoenix's hair for Gladiator. Yeah. He asks the woman if she thinks he's really dying, clearly meaning Marcus Aurelius, because he's old as fuck. The woman who we realize is Joaquin Phoenix's sister is like, I don't know, and I don't really feel like talking about this anymore. <laughs> Joaquin Phoenix clearly from jump wants to fuck his sister. Um, that happened a lot then. It did, yeah. And it's like just super gross, even for ancient Rome. And she's not cool with it either. So just furthering my point that even for ancient Rome, it's super gross. Because didn't the Spartans do that too? Spartans, probably, I would I want to say that no. Was that kitty rape? Well, am, am, mean, am, am I mixing up my sexual yeah. deviances? Yeah, you're thinking of the Greeks. Yes. Yeah, pedophiles. Yeah. Uh, Sorry. <laughs> I got us off on a trail that we did not need to end up on. <laughs> yeah, so like like maybe your cousin, but like your direct biological sister. Like <laughs> I you're like, maybe a first cousin would be fine. Well, for sisters and no go. Yes, but it's still fucking weird. <laughs> And he's getting like an extra hard on, like super excited because he thinks his dad's dying and he thinks he's going to be emperor. And his sister, who is named Lucilla, she's like, sure, whatever. Like, I don't really care. I She says she needs a bath because they've been traveling for forever and they live in a time without indoor plumbing. Can't imagine. Joaquin Phoenix is so good. Like, I'm going to I have a, lo- a couple stream of conscious notes that it's just like Joaquin Phoenix is so fucking good. Like in this movie, obviously, he has like an extreme amount of range as an actor yeah he's, you know he's just yeah. won an oscar and like he's done a lot of different stuff and there are times when this character will kind of go more obviously evil but okay. in the beginning right now like the subtle evil like from the second mm-hmm. he's on screen you know he's a bad guy mm-hmm. like it, his facial expressions are just fantastic marcus aurelius congratulates maximus and asks how he can thank him and maximus is like I want to get the fuck out of here. Yeah. The troops start cheering and Maximus says, oh, they're cheering for you, Caesar. Sidebar. The letter C in ancient Greek slash Roman uh, never made the soft sound. So every time that you like watch a period piece like this and they call Caesar, it was actually pronounced Kaiser, which is where Kaiser comes from, which is the literal interpretation of the word. Bugs me every single time. (laughs) Marcus Aurelius says, no, they're cheering for you. Joaquin Phoenix comes riding in and asks if he missed the battle. Like, you, th- yeah, and this is the end of the war. <laughs> and, he's, and he's like, oh, I totally, like, meant to be here. Like, my alarm didn't go off. Like, what are you talking about? Um, he's like, yikes. Like, oh, did we win? Marcus Aurelius is like, you missed the entire war, but don't worry. Like, Maximus won it for us. And Joaquin Phoenix is like, oh, sweet. And he, like, thanks him, like, on behalf of Rome, but, like, in a shitty patronizing way. They've clearly known each other for a very long time. And Joaquin Phoenix 
addresses Russell Crowe as like friend, but Russell Crowe doesn't really seem interested in being Joaquin Phoenix's friend. Fair. <laughs> Richard Harris is like, okay, I'm old. I'm going to go take a sponge bath or something. I don't know. He goes off to do something. <laughs> Have um, someone feed me grapes. Yeah. Things are not good with him and Joaquin Phoenix. He clearly prefers Maximus as like a son figure. Later that night, everyone's celebrating. Maximus is dying to get back to his family and his farm, which like, Okay, I guess. Joaquin Phoenix introduces him to some senators and it's clear that Joaquin is just like not super into like republics or democracies or anyone else being in charge. Hot life tip. The villains in every piece of media you'll ever consume are always against democracy. So if, say, you're out in the world today and you encounter someone who does not like democracy, maybe that's not your guy. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Fair. Uh, not sure why this could possibly be striking a chord at the moment. The senators kind of hint that Maximus is powerful enough to start a coup, which probably isn't a great thing to talk about around Joaquin Phoenix, the emperor presumptive. Yeah. The sister Lucilla clearly has the hots for Russell Crowe, which who wouldn't? Yeah. Very popular opinion in 2000. Joaquin Phoenix asks Maximus to join an alliance like they're on survivor or something <laughs> and maximus is like yeah i like i just want to go home to my family my farm like i cannot can't, this is like the third time that the farms come up like that must be a fucking phenomenal farm like i don't know if you if like farms are better like to me they all look the same but like i'm sure there are some that suck and some that are awesome like <laughs> well i also feel like in ancient room your options were limited yeah so like yeah but if, anyway. if, it, if it was a good life a quiet life if he was a, able to take care of his family yeah it probably it probably was preferable yeah and he again could not be more war and stadiums and coliseums yeah cannot be more clear that he just wants to be back on his fucking farm yeah and joaquin phoenix is like okay like fine you do you i guess marcus aurelius also clearly prefers lucilla so basically he wants literally anyone except joaquin phoenix his son (laughs) to be the next emperor the next morning marcus aurelius summons maximus to his little tent like set up it's not a little tent it's like a very extravagant place and again, he goes on a big speech about how much he can't wait to get back home to his family and his farm. And Marcus Aurelius is like, yeah, that does sound really nice, but I'm tagging you in. <laughs> um, Maximus says he's not a politician. And what about Commodus, who is Joaquin Phoenix? Marcus Aurelius says Commodus is not a moral man and that Maximus is the son he should have had. He says that Commodus will accept his decision and tells him basically like that you have until sunset to get used to what's going on because I'm not really giving you a choice. As Russell Crowe is leaving, he runs into Lucilla and she kind of openly hits on him. Whatever happened to them before she did something sketchy. Oh. She asks if he thinks she's a bad person and he tells her she has a talent for survival. She's trying to get out of him what he was talking about with Marcus Aurelius. Mm -hmm. But he's like, screw you guys, I'm going home. Yeah, fair. He's praying at like a little shrine altar thing and calls in a man who I'm assuming is like his page or something named Cicero. He tells him they may not be able to go home after all. Aw, so sad. Well, Marcus Aurelius was like, I will bring your wife and son to Rome, but you are going to be the emperor. So it's not like, like he'll get to see them. I know, but he's still like home. I didn't just want to sleep in your own bed. Yeah, yeah. That and also, like you said, I feel like if I had to be, like if my options were like emperor or farmer, yeah. I feel like I'd choose farmer. Yeah. Like I don't know if I would choose emperor. And I don't know shit about farmer things, so... <laughs> As you well know, so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you would be terrible at that job. Well, not terrible. You would learn. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, 
It would be better. <laughs> um, Marcus Aurelius also summons Joaquin Phoenix and tells him he ain't it and he's choosing Maximus. He says he wants Rome to be a republic again. So I guess at this point, the emperor wields like executive power. And it's not really like the Senate exists, yeah. but it's not really. Yeah. Joaquin Phoenix says that he might not have any of the virtues Marcus Aurelius values, but he has other strengths. And he's always been able to tell that he never wanted him as a son. And Marcus Aurelius is like, oh, no, that's not true. Even though he just <laughs> told Maximus. Right. Even that's very true. Yeah. Joaquin Phoenix is like, you always made it so clear that I was such a disappointment to you. And frankly, like it fucked me up. And Marcus Aurelius says that he agrees he did fail him as a father. It looks like they're going to hug. But then Joaquin Phoenix strangles him and kills him. Yeah. I mean, it's ancient Rome. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's how shit went. Yep. And I feel like a lot of times I'm telling men on this podcast to get therapy. And Joaquin Phoenix cannot stress this enough. Yeah. Get there. I feel like he chooses his work to, like, work out his own emotional <laughs> issues. The Johnny Cash thing. Yeah. Like, way too, way too. And then he would get mad when people would be like, have you drawn on your own life experiences of the death of a brother when yeah. you yourself were yeah. young, of being an alcoholic? And he, he was like, he would get mad. He was like, that's so exploitative. I would never do that. Like, like, but, I, but I feel pretty confident you did. Oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> even if it wasn't conscious, it happened. Come on. Commodus tells Maximus that the emperor is dead and the coroners back then like weren't great. So it looks like he just died in his sleep. Yeah. Joaquin Phoenix is like, so I guess I'm emperor now because yeah. he clearly miscalculated that his father had already spoken to Maximus. Mm. He says, take my hand and give me your loyalty. I only offer it once. And Maximus is like hard pass. And he leaves. Apparently before this scene, Joaquin Phoenix was <sighs> super nervous for some reason. At this point, he'd been acting literally since he was a child. So yeah. I, I don't know why he would get so nervous but he was really nervous and also crow like asked richard harris like how they could help him and richard harris was like hmm let me think about that let's get him wasted and then they did <laughs> and then like a couple years later joaquin phoenix was in rehab so way to go richard harris um lucilla very clearly knows like every bit of what's up like she knows that maximus was gonna get it she knows that joaquin phoenix strangled marcus Aurelius. she knows she slaps Joaquin Phoenix, but then kisses his ring because, like Russell Crowe said earlier, she has a talent for survival. Yeah. Maximus is more or less getting ready to start a coup. Yeah. Um, and one of his, like a captain or a major or something, has him arrested out of loyalty to Commodus, which is like, you change your loyalties real fast there, bud. Cicero is going to hand Maximus his sword to fight off the soldiers arresting him, but Russell Crowe shakes his head no. The man having him arrested tells the soldiers to take him out to the woods and execute him. Russell Crowe asks him to take care of his family, and he says his family will join you in the afterlife, which Russell Crowe, big no-no. Yeah. He somehow fights off, like, five soldiers, one by legit just chucking his sword at him and, like, stabbing him, and he escapes, but he's wounded. Because he's a beast. Yeah. He rides from Germany, I think, to what's supposed to be somewhere in Spain, where the Roman army has already gotten to his family, destroyed his farm, killed his wife and son. Oh, my. I had somehow totally forgotten about that they killed his but wife that, and son. But that means I that, completely like, forgot. that, like, what's his face? Joaquin Phoenix sent them out there. Yeah. Like, even before all of this went, like. Yeah, I guess that's true. He like, knew, he, yeah. he, even before he killed his dad, he probably sent him out there. Yeah. Because that's a long fucking way. It yeah. is. So Russell Crowe is very distraught which is clear but just to make sure you really get it they were like let's bring in like the snot props and there's so much snotting <laughs> like i'm gagging so much like i could have i would have known that he was upset you didn't have to add that much snot some like wandering random caravan comes and picks him up because he's basically about to like bleed out in the ruins of the of mm. his farm 
he semi comes to and Jaiman Hansu is actually one of the people who has retrieved him and he put maggots in the wound in his arm to clean it which is super gross and he tells he tells Russell Crowe not to die or they'll feed him to the tigers or to the lions which they're traveling with lions as well nice it's like a circus yeah so now we're in what is modern day Algeria and we meet a man named Proximo a man approaches Proximo and says he has things to sell him and it's the sketchy guy from the mummy the guy with the unibrow who did that whole <laughs> nice. thing with no panties. He's also a sketchy guy in this movie who has sold Proximo and I quote queer giraffes. Hmm. He says, okay, yeah, maybe those giraffes like sucked, but I have some new good slaves for you. Proximo sees Maximus's SPQR tattoo. SPQR was the sign that like, if you saw it on a building or something, you'd be like, oh, I'm in a Roman territory, um, so I better not fuck around. Yeah. Or if you saw it, ta- like Maximus has it tattooed on him, you, I'm not going to fuck with that guy. Yeah. But they assume that he's a deserter. Yeah. Because like, what's happening here? Proximo buys a bunch of slaves and the lions and tells them that he's going to turn them into fighters and that he bought them so he could profit off of their deaths. Russell Crowe. Lovely. Yeah, real nice. I mean, at least he's being honest, I guess. Russell Crowe is like, I refuse to participate in this and just doesn't fight in their like little training sessions. Jaiman Hansu was like, what the fuck is you doing, dude? Right. And Russell Crowe cuts off his SPQR tattoo. Ooh. Yeah. Had to hurt. Yeah. <laughs> I hope that symbolism was worth all the pain, buddy, because <laughs> that's the only reason you did that. Proximo was like, listen, we're all going to die one day. So you might as well like put on a good show and go down fighting. It's like, yeah, we are all going to die one day, but I'd prefer not to die in the fucking Roman Coliseum being torn apart by lions or other scary guys. Painful or premature. So they basically do a big group fight, which is chaos. And I couldn't really even explain it if I tried. Russell Crowe and Jaiman Hansu win by stabbing some guy in the ball sack, basically. And afterwards, Russell Crowe realizes that he won and he's alive, but he has now, in fact, put on a show for these people mm. and they're into it. Yeah. Back in Rome, Commodus is trying to have like a Kim Jong-il parade, but everybody hates him. Yeah. So it's not going great. The citizens don't respect him. The senators are talking shit. Yeah. Lucilla has a son. We established earlier that she's a widower. The senators are like, okay, well, Commodus, just so you know, you're going to have to actually do some fucking work now. Yeah. And Joaquin Phoenix doesn't seem interested in that at all. One senator, Gracchus, is kind of going pretty hard in on him. And Joaquin Phoenix is like, you are a fucking senator. You have no idea how to solve the problems of, like, the everyday people. And Gracchus is like, you're literally the son of the emperor. So, like, right back at you, big guy. Um, Commodus basically threatens to stab him. They need metal detectors in the Senate to avoid these stabbings. <laughs> Lucilla takes over and, uh, like, lowers the tone. Commodus kind of storms off and Gracchus basically gives her a list of shit that needs to be handled, including a plague. Again, another hot tip. You don't want to have a bad leader during a plague. Yeah. Commodus is like, we should just disband the Senate. And then like you and I could rule together. And Lucilla is like, no, awful idea. (laughs) Uh, Hard pass. Yeah. Hard pass. Yeah. But this movie is, it's insane that it came out in 2020 and not like last year. Joaquin Phoenix says that Rome is an idea and that he's going to give everyone a vision of what Rome is, but he's not going to do any work governing, but he's going to put on a good show because that's what matters. And that will like boost the morale of the people. Yeah. Right. Isn't that, isn't that insane that this was 20 years ago and not like a month last month. Yeah. The way he's going to improve morale is do 150 days of gladiator games. And the senators are like, this is fucking stupid, but it'll probably work because humanity is a cesspool. Maximus is that pop- hasn't changed. No, it has not. Maximus's popularity is growing in Northern Africa. They call him the Spaniard. And again, he's just won 
like he won the love and respect of his soldiers. He's won the love and respect of the crowd and of the other gladiators. Some people just have that charisma. It's true. He could start a cult if he wanted to. Um, There's another battle. A lots of there's another like gladiator games. Lots of blood splatters. He decapitates a guy. At the end, he chucks his sword into the crowd and does the "Are you not entertained?" which has kind of become like this iconic movie line. Yes, yeah. Um, <laughs> and his boy, he like he like throws his sword into the crowd and he like holds up his hand. He's like, "Are you not entertained?" Like, like to be like you're all fucking barbarians and you just watched this shit and it was disgusting and they all like are like, "Yeah, woo, we right, right." Like, it's not working. Proximo meets with him and is like, so what's your fucking deal? And Maximus is like, oh, I don't want to die. So pretty much right, that. Right, um, Self-preservation. Yeah. Proximo tells him that Commodus is having gladiator games in honor of his father, who Marcus Aurelius had decided that they were barbaric and a waste of time and, and had stopped them in Rome yeah. in the first place. We learned that Proximo was a gladiator, but he fought his way out. And Marcus Aurelius was the one who like officially mm. gave him his freedom. He tells Maximus that they're going to Rome to fight in the Colosseum. And Maximus is like, well, being a successful gladiator could possibly give me a chance to be face-to-face with Joaquin Phoenix yeah. again. So I'm down. Proximo tells him to make the crowd love him and he'll be able to meet with the emperor and win his freedom. And Maximus is like, oh, I'll make them fucking love me. <laughs> Proximo says they're off to Rome where a great whore will suckle them until they can suckle no more. So that's a thing that somebody said once. Jaime and Hansu and Russell Crowe kind of like bond over missing their families and like they kind of want to have their dick sucked. <laughs> no, they don't mention wanting to <laughs> have their dick sucked, but they are like um, not really an alliance. Like they don't like call it an alliance, but it's clear that like the two of them are like a they're going to like have each other's backs. Yeah, yeah, they're buddies. Yeah. Lucilla walks in on Joaquin Phoenix, creepily watching her son while he sleeps. She clearly she like puts a powder in like his tea or his drink. She definitely drugs him. Yeah. Which is good because he's like acting like a American. Yeah. He's like, should I disband the Senate? Which again, he's like asked her this like three times. She keeps <laughs> saying no. And she's like, no, but you should go to bed. He asks her to stay with him and she's like, mm, no, thanks. And he asks for a kiss. So she gives him a kiss on the forehead like a normal person and not a total fucking creep. Right. Maximus is waiting in like a little pen with the rest of the gladiators. They've gotten to Rome and they're going to fight. But right now he's like in this, the gladiator area. Lucius, Lucilla's son, is kind of wandering around, like checking them out, like a little kid, like going to like the locker room before the football game or something. But there are no dicks out, which there definitely wouldn't be in the locker room. Um, just to be clear, <laughs> are you a little bummed? No dicks. That it was a dickless locker I room. I am a little bummed. I'm sure Lucius is fine with it. Perhaps even prefers that there are no <laughs> adult male dicks out. Um, Lucy's Lucy's sad. <laughs> He's clearly heard of Maximus, like his his fame has like you know mm-hmm. and maximus is really sweet with him like joking around with him a servant tells him it's time to go he says like lucius or master or something it's time to go and russell crowe realizes that he's been talking to lucilla's son and he's like oh shit the gladiators are preparing to fight maximus puts on a scary helmet mask combo so his face is is yeah. covered, which is gonna be important later a guy well, yeah i would imagine because everyone's gonna recognize him like he's famous in rome for being the general maximus yeah, like like Joaquin Phoenix is gonna recognize him. Well, they're so far away though. Oh, I wouldn't have been true. able to recognize him. Yeah, okay. But it yes, but basically yes. That's what that's why he's doing it. A guy prepares them on what's about to go down, including that when the emperor enters, like his, takes a seat in the arena, they're supposed to salute him and not to turn their back to the emperor. 
And then he's like, okay, good luck. Bye. Joaquin Phoenix takes his seat and the rest of the gladiators do salute him, but not Russell Crowe. Maximus tells the other gladiators that if they work together, they have a better chance of survival. Mm-hmm. And they seem to be on board. Like one of them, he says, were any of you in the army? And one of them is like, yeah, I fought with you and whatever. So like they already know. Yeah. Him. yeah like you yeah. said, they already know him from being General Maximus anyways. So the, this fight involves a group of gladiators against a group that includes some women, actually, who are clearly like Amazons. Yeah, they're pretty badass. Um, they have an advantage because they're in chariots. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And one time Molly and I were watching this movie and I forgot the word for chariot and I called them wagons. <laughs> I like, mean, it's kind of wagon-esque. Like, it's not totally wrong. <laughs> but can you imagine if they were pulling them around in, like, red wheels? Yeah, wagons? it's not the same thing, though. No. Um, anyway, Maximus and the gladiators win despite being the underdogs by, like, an intense amount. Joaquin Phoenix loves everything that's going on, which is, like, just a lot of blood and, yeah. weirdly, a lot of decapitation. At this point, Maximus is trying to force a confrontation with him. So he was reluctantly becoming known before like the, oh, are you not entertained like he didn't want to mm-hmm, be known mm-hmm. for this but now he's like grandstand he like mounts a horse mm-hmm. he like takes victory laps like he's trying he wants to like and joaquin phoenix falls for it hook line and sinker and goes down into the arena to meet with him comment he brings lucius down with him to go meet maximus a guard tells all the gladiators to drop their weapons before commodus comes out but they kneel to greet him like bowing to him mm-hmm. and maximus picks up a piece of like a broken off arrow gotcha. all the better to kill joaquin phoenix with Commodus is like oh great job what's your name and Maximus says his name is Gladiator and he turns his back to him and walks away and Joaquin Phoenix is like excuse me how dare you what's your fucking name yeah so Russell Crowe takes his helmet off (laughs) Russell Crowe takes his helmet off and does that Game of Thrones thing where they're like on Game of Thrones again I've never watched it but on Game of Thrones don't they be like I'm this person of this whatever the fuck and queen of this place and like which no of idea, this whatever thing but I, I believe you he says his name is maximus whatever his roman names are general of marcus aurelius father to a murdered son husband to a murdered wife and then he says okay i'm gonna do <laughs> i'm gonna do australia now so we can compare it to my groundskeeper willie oh god <laughs> okay 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 i have to practice in my head first and i will have my vengeance in this life or the next that was pretty Crocodile Dundee, right? It was very Crocodile Dundee. <laughs> it was not very Russell Crowe. No. But it was very Crocodile Yeah. <laughs> uh, I need to stop doing that. It's pr- <laughs> it probably is like so offensive. Like I probably should not be doing it. Okay. Joaquin Phoenix is pissed. He's been thinking that this guy's been dead. It It's probably yeah. like a year later yeah. at this point. You know, like, because yeah. they've been in a lot of fucking places. He has his guards surround Maximus and they're going to like arrest or kill him mm-hmm. but and this is what fucking evil fucking dictators never realize like those shitty senators who were like never mind never mind never mind after the insurrection like because they were all gonna deny the votes and then after yeah. the insurrection like 98 percent of yeah. them were like never mind like you, but that doesn't work the never mind doesn't work yeah. you've already done this because you don't have anything substantial all you have is the heat of the crowd right right, right. So you don't that's and that's it once yeah. you lo- lose control of that that's it, buddy. Yeah. So Commodus is learning this lesson <laughs> because he is going to, he wants to like have him killed or arrested. Yeah. But the crowd starts booing and shouting. Yeah. They know they want Maximus alive because now he's like a gladiator hero. Yeah. Um. So Joaquin Phoenix has, lets him live and is pretty ticked off about it. Yeah. And then in the next scene has some questions about why Russell Crowe is still alive. Yeah. And Lucilla's like, I I don't know, which is true. She has no right. idea. Uh, she wasn't like, you know, 
in on it. Right. He says he he's like like kind of trying to convince her that he did what he had to do by stealing the emperorship. He asks her what she felt when she saw him and she says, "Oh, nothing. I felt nothing." Like what did your vagina feel? Walking <laughs> Phoenix is like, "Hey, I got no respect around here." <laughs> he doesn't say it like Rodney Dangerfield, but he's upset that he has no respect. Um, Lucilla asks, "Like, oh, okay, so what are you gonna do about that?" Yeah, something fucking crazy. Yeah, like, ask her a bunch of people, but he doesn't answer her, which is not good. No, it's plotting evil in his head. Yeah, back in Gladiator Jail, some guards come to get Maximus because Lucilla has snuck down to meet with him. It seems like they might make out, but actually he's pissed at her and tries to strangle her. She tries to tell him that she didn't know what Joaquin Phoenix was going to do to his family and that she wept for them. And he's like, yeah, sure. Like you wept for your father before just being like, sure, I guess calmness is emperor now. She says she's been living in a prison of fear. And frankly, his hand is around her throat, but Russell Crowe's heart is not in the strangling. Yeah. And yeah. I'm like, you know, what, if Russell Crowe, if you're bad at acting like you want to strangle women, I'm going to give you that. You can still be considered a good actor if you're bad at acting like that. That's fair. That's fair. Lucilla tries to tell him that Maximus has power now. He has the love of the crowd. That's power. And he can take Commodus out if she introduces him to a senator who also wants Commodus dead. Russell Crowe's like, I'm a fucking slave and I can die in the arena tomorrow. Like, I I cannot... I have zero power. What possible difference could I make? You have no idea what you're talking about. She tells him that when she knew him, he was a man who served Rome and her father. She says she can help him. And he says okay help me and it kind of looks like they're gonna make out again and then russell crowe says you can help me by fucking getting out of my face and never talking to me again (laughs) lovely yeah the next day they're being like fed by like i said by the lunch lady and then in parentheses wrote it's a man (laughs) okay (laughs) he like calls them he's like the one doling out their slop or whatever yeah yeah. he calls russell crowe to come get his portion Mm -hmm. by calling out general because now they all know yeah And one of his gladiator friends tastes the food and starts, not Jaiman Hansu, a different friend. He tastes the food and pretends he's to start choking. Yeah. Like, poison it. Jaiman Hansu says that Maximus has a great name. And if Commodus wants to kill him or disparage his name, then Russell Crowe should do it himself first, which I don't know what that means or what that would involve. But okay. At the next fight, we see Maximus's former page Cicero in the crowd at the Coliseum. The fight's just Russell Crowe and some other guy. And before Russell Crowe goes out, Proximo was like, don't pick this fight with Commodus and Russell Crowe was like, I have to avenge Marcus Aurelius and his yeah. dream for Rome. And Proximo says, come on, like, do you really look like that guy's dead? <laughs> um, he says, we mortals are but shadows and dust, which makes up for his horrible line about suckling from earlier. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I haven't really been doing a lot of sexual objectification of Russell Crowe just yet, but here it comes <laughs> he looks like he strides into that fucking coliseum like such a fucking badass <laughs> like and he's out there meeting this guy who's like we've established he's coming this the gladiator he's battling is coming out of retirement he's like the goat of gladiator he's like the greatest gladiator yeah, of yeah. all time the g the goat <laughs> he was pretty young so he's not like inspector javert right now like he is fucking sexy yeah, as yeah. fuck and he's like kind, he's like kind of dirty yeah which sometimes here at bmgb podcast we like we, we like a dirty guy yeah lucilla's like well commodus what can you do the crowd loves him guess you're just gonna have to not kill him and commodus is like no 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 they'll go over it today because i've arranged for him to die and the reason he thinks that russell crowe is definitely gonna die is because this fight involves fucking tigers oh yeah coming out of trap doors in the ground yeah 
Also in the Coliseum scenes to fill the seats, they used a mix of real actors, CGI and legit cardboard cutouts. Nice. Which was very few. <laughs> Little did they know that Major League Baseball would be doing cardboard yep. cutouts in yep. 20 years. Russell Crowe's winning the fight. The crowd, he's like, the guy's fallen over. He's clearly about, the other guy has fallen over. He's clearly yeah. about to kick it. The crowd starts chanting for him to kill the other guy. And Commodus gives him the thumbs down, which is like, yes, kill him signal. And Russell Crowe refuses. And the crowd is completely silent. And somebody called, because now he's refused the Emperor's yeah. orders. And someone in the crowd yells out, Maximus the Merciful. And they start chanting his name again. Yeah. And now they love him even more yes. than they already loved yes. him. Commodus enters the arena and the crowd kind of boos before he's like, all right, shut the fuck up. Yeah. Joaquin Phoenix, uh, you didn't watch Parks and Rec, right? No. Okay. This will make sense. I, I'm not, because I'm going to say this and you're going to be like, what the fuck does that mean? Okay. Joaquin Phoenix pulls a Bobby Newport and is like, come on, just die. Please, please just die. <laughs> Maximus is like, nah, I'm going to kill you first. Joaquin's like, come at me, bruh. But Maximus doesn't want to kill him in front of Lucilla, who is also there watching. So he's she'd probably like to be free of her brother so i think it's probably okay yeah he probably could have done it yeah i mean i get being chivalrous and all but like yeah <laughs> she seems pretty terrified yeah. of him yeah, yeah. i um, think she'll get over it yeah he's turning around especially since she just came to him and said i can help you yep. kill my brother yep he, joaquin phoenix is turning around and walking away and actually johnny cash said that this was the scene that made him want joaquin phoenix to play him and walk the line which is interesting because it's the scene where Maximus is walking away and Commodus goes, by the way, your son cried like a little bitch while my soldiers were torturing and killing him. And your wife moaned like a whore when all of them raped her. Oh my. Interesting choice, Johnny Cash. Like, why would you see that and be like, oh my God, it's me. Like, <laughs> <laughs> right? Like this guy's got what it takes. Actually, Walk the Line was a very generous depiction of him. So I could see how he would yeah. be like, I sucked and yeah. he can play somebody who sucks. <laughs> yeah, I think, um, yeah, you definitely walk away from Walk the Line thinking Johnny Cash is a much better human than he actually was. Than he was. actually was, yeah. And that that marriage was healthier than it was. Yes, yes. Maximus is like, not to say, I mean, Johnny Cash, he wasn't like a serial killer or anything, but he was no, an addict he, and addicts hurt yes, people. And it yeah, was like yeah. He, yeah, he did bad things. Yeah. And, yeah. Maximus is like, good luck with your little circle jerk of being emperor over here. It'll be over soon. And he leaves the crowd outside while he goes back to gladiator jail is going it's like Beatlemania. they've like created like a huge crowd to like see him walk from one area to the other of yeah. the city he sees cicero who's who has a bunch of like maximus loyalists yeah maximus says tell them i'm alive and tell them to find me later that night he's praying at his little makeshift altar again jaiman hansu asks what he says to his family when he prays to them and he says to his son he says he'll see him again soon and what he tells his wife is none of his business. <laughs> so <laughs> slutty sex stuff. Yeah. Sex stuff. <laughs> Joaquin Phoenix is literally crying and having a bitch fit about not being able to kill Maximus. He's like, they just like him and I can't kill him. It's like so unattractive. <laughs> One of his advisors tells him like lay low and figure out which senators seem to be Maximus stands. Basically. Oh, mm -hmm. Lucilla overhears this. Cicero goes to visit Maximus in gladiator jail and says that Maximus's men would be ready to fight for him tomorrow. And Maximus asks him to do him a favor. Cicero kind of looks like the guy that I was dating who I met Army Hammer with, actually. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Uh, and so Maximus asks him to do him a favor, and then we see him going to find Lucilla while she's being carried on one of those, like, when people carry you yeah. on a big couch. Yeah. <laughs> I want one of those so bad. Oh, my God, yeah. 
but I don't have anyone to carry me on. <laughs> Can you rent one of those and then like a I hope collection so, of them? I would like to. <laughs> one day when our podcast is super famous and making a ton of money, we're doing live shows. We can hire out. We definitely can people then. to do that. Yeah. He finds Lucilla. She's been carrying through the thing, and he's like calling out to her, but obviously, like so is everybody. So she's like not paying attention, and he's like, "I know Maximus," and she tells the people carrying her to stop. And Cicero says, "Maximus will meet." with the senator she was telling him about okay of course it's Gracchus, who we already knew hated commodus and thinks the gladiator thing is stupid maximus is like is this just a you thing or do yeah. you have like all this are you bringing all the senate with you and Gracchus is like oh we all hate that bitch maximus is like okay well if you sneak me out of here i can go to where cicero is with the soldiers who are loyal to me come back and invade and take over and Gracchus does not like this idea because he says they're trading one dictatorship with another which first of all that's what an emperor is and lines of succession stuff 100%. like that and second of all like okay then what was your idea bitch right like, like you you're, <laughs> you have to overthrow him somehow and then yeah. someone's gonna have to lead like yeah. Maximus is like, I don't want to be emperor. I just want to take down Commodus. And then the Senate can be in charge, which is what Marcus Aurelius wanted anyways. And Gracchus is like, okay, so you're going to launch a coup and then like have absolute power and then just leave. And Maximus is like, yes, because it was Marcus Aurelius' <laughs> last wish. And I don't want. Right. Like I'm not power hungry. It's can, possible. Cannot be, again, cannot be more clear. I just want to go back to my farm. Right. Although I guess now his farm's destroyed. Gracchus is like, fine. If Marcus Aurelius trusted you, then I guess I will too. But this plan is going to happen in two days. So like, don't get killed between now and two days from now. Yeah. Proximo is not into this idea at all. He's like, Commodus is going to find out. He has spies everywhere. Maximus says, Marcus Aurelius set you free when you were a gladiator and Commodus killed him. Like, so you should be yeah. on board with this. Back at Gracchus's, some Praetorian guards show up and it sure shit looks like he's about to get killed. At the very least, arrested. Yeah. Later on, Commodus asks Lucilla if Gracchus has a new lover. She's like, I don't fucking know. Yeah. I don't know that bitch. And Commodus is like, oh, I thought y'all two were friends. By the way, I'm having him arrested and killed. And she's like, sure, do whatever you want. Like, kind of was like, yeah, you're just crazy. But really, though? And then she's like, well, you know, if that's what you think you need to do, but like not tonight. And he doesn't answer. He says some crazy shit and checks out her titties. <laughs> like way more obvious than the yeah. one guy checked out my titties. <laughs> like way more obvious <laughs> and uncomfortable than that. <laughs> Lucilla goes to tell Russell Crowe that Grok has is being arrested and they need to fast track this plan. Mm -hmm. they, they only had two days, but she's like, it needs to happen tonight. He tells her that she's risked too much. And she says she has a lot to pay for. Russell Crowe kind of absolves her of like whatever she's done mm. and says that she's had to be strong for her son. She tells him that Commodus has always hated Maximus because her father loved him and because yeah. she loved him. He says that was a long time ago. And she asks if she was very different back then. And he says she laughed more, which is like so fucking sad for this yeah. poor woman who and her fucking psycho brother. Yeah. She says she felt alone her whole life except when she was with him. And then they finally make out for a hot minute. Mm -hmm. She's been trying to make out. Yeah. For this whole movie. So yeah. I'm glad she finally got her Good wish. for her. Yeah. Get in the butt. <laughs> Lucius is playing with a fake sword with one of his minders. And Joaquin Phoenix is like, oh, hey, little buddy, playing soldier with your friend there. And Lucius is like, no, I'm playing gladiator. <sighs> You're just going to piss him off, kid. Wrong you better stop. Words. You better stop. And then he doesn't stop. And he keeps talking and says he's pretending he's Maximus, the savior of Rome. And Joaquin Phoenix is like, 
Your uncle's going to kill you, bro. Walking <laughs> Phoenix is like, who the fuck told you that? <laughs> and Lucius whispers in his ear who it was. And I'm assuming it was his mother. Yeah. Lucilla walks in on Commodus telling Lucius about Mark Antony and Cleopatra. And Joaquin Phoenix is like, tomorrow I'll tell you about Emperor Claudius, who was betrayed by all his family and friends and loved ones and all the people he trusted. Sound familiar, Lucilla? <laughs> <laughs> Sidebar, Claudius is my favorite emperor of Rome. He was the emperor after that crazy fuck Caligula. And everybody's like heard of Caligula. That's the one who was always hosting orgies. Yeah. But Claudius had a limp and he was partially deaf. And the, all the senators were like, he'll be easy to manipulate. And he's like shy and like we can do whatever. But he ended up being like a really great public speaker and like one of the good emperors. I mean, he killed a lot of people to stay in power who were conspiring against him like the story that communist is telling is like yeah. a true thing that happened but you know everybody did that in ancient <laughs> rome it was just a thing yeah. it was just a thing and he got he like got a lot of shit done so joaquin phoenix reminds lucilla of this and she gives up the entire plan because he's gonna fucking kill yeah all of them soldiers come to arrest maximus but proximo won't let them in their little gladiator area oh interesting because he has like the keys yeah yeah yeah, yeah. And the rest of the gladiators fight them off while Maximus tries to escape. The soldiers get in the area eventually and assassinate Proximo and the gladiator who pretended his food was poisoned. So that's sad. Yeah. Maximus is trying to get out of the city and he sees Cicero on a horse and Cicero sees him and yells his name and the horse rides off. But Cicero was under a tree and it was tied to a noose. Oh, yeah. So Maximus freaks out and tries to save him. But of course, the... Yeah, you didn't get there fast enough. Yeah. And the soldiers surround him after that a senator tells commodus that everyone's dead and maximus has been arrested he does this while commodus is looking over the city and there is some not great green screen work going on there. Oh. i mean i'm sure for 2000 it was like very yeah but commodus says from now on his sister is gonna let him fuck her instead of him killing her because he's showing her mercy and he's clearly mid complete mental breakdown and at one point he like shouts in her face which was an improv from Joaquin Phoenix <laughs> and you can see the actress who plays Lucilla she like kind of jumps like that's legit she was not expecting that Maximus is chained up in gladiator jail and Commodus goes I guess like to taunt him before his death he's looking pretty sickly and pale at this point yeah he says Maximus was the general who became a slave who became a gladiator who defied an emperor and that's a great story so it needs a great ending and he's gonna give him one he's gonna let him fight him in the Colosseum. <laughs> fight Commodus yes does Commodus realize he's not gonna win that fight he has something that's gonna go work in his favor okay and also we saw in an earlier scene that I was considering mentioning but then didn't but now I am so I'm saying it anyway in an earlier scene there was a whole it was like not even 30 seconds, maybe 10 seconds of Commodus fighting with like guards who were like, like when people fence, like it yeah. was like training. Yeah. Like, so yeah. he's a, he is a good fighter. Yeah. Like he's a fucking coward and he like yeah. is shitty, but he's a good, uh, Te- he's technically trained. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I wrote Joaquin Phoenix's cleft palate is kind of distracting in this scene. Actually. Okay. He, they had, they made him look really pale. So I think it's like the makeup. Yeah. Well, like anything, poor makeup on that scar is going to highlight it. Yeah, yeah. Especially like it wasn't even like foundation, you know, yeah. it's like white. Yeah. Maximus says a man told him once that death smiles at us all and all we can do is smile back. And Commodus is like, mm, yeah, well, how'd that work out for your little friend who said that? And Maximus is like, oh, this is super embarrassing for you, but that was your dad. <laughs> And then Commodus fucking stabs him in the armpit and oh is my. looking, yeah, and he's looking sinister as fuck. Yeah. 
And then I wrote, okay, I don't know why, but I just looked it up just now, I guess, because I was Googling Claudius earlier to make sure I was remembering my decades old history degree, right? And this whole time I've been making comparisons to Donald Trump and Commodus and Commodus's Wikipedia page specifically says that his leadership style was a cult of personality. <laughs> so basically I'm really smart, you guys. Um, all right. Oh, so Lord. There's, there's no living with her now, y'all. <laughs> so Maximus, I've, I love like, like really like picking up on that comparison is the thing that I think makes me smart. Like nothing else. Yeah. That's, nothing that's else. It. That's all you have to know to be considered smart. So, okay, yeah, so Commodus has, has stabbed him, and he's bled out quite a lot, and now they're going to go fight, so Maximus is already going in, not in great shape, and the Emperor Commodus, who I didn't know anything about, actually, you know, there were a lot of them, we didn't have time to go over all yeah. of them in his real life, yeah. um, he, they would do this to him all the time, because he did fight, he pretended he was a gladiator, but okay. they would, like, beat or, like, stab his opponents, so he would win every single time. Oh, uh, yeah. okay. So in the way, way, way beginning, yeah, we saw that he was a, he's a little bitch, but he's not a bad fighter. But obviously the movie is called Gladiator, not Sadistic Egomaniac Emperor. So um, <laughs> it doesn't quite roll off the tongue. No, it does not. In the same way. So we know who's going to win. At one point, Russell Crowe disarms Joaquin Phoenix, who they're surrounded like the way it works is it's the two of them and they're surrounded by guards and the person in charge is the person who in the way way beginning called for the them to come arrest maximus when he was about to start coup yeah so in the circle of guards he has he has no sword anymore and commodus starts saying give me your sword give me your sword to anyone who'll listen and the guy who's in charge who sold out russell crowe earlier is like nobody give him one sheet of swords nobody give him one well i wrote well like any good psycho commodus was cheating and hiding a dagger in his sleeve yeah which he pulls out to stab maximus who he's starting to like lose it and hallucinate that he's like back yeah on his farm yeah. and he's with losing his family too much so, blood yeah yeah maximus gets control of the dagger and stabs commodus in the neck with it nice so commodus dies falls down and dies good. and maximus yes and we're all happy about that and maximus is kind of stumbling around and the coliseum is completely silent and he's like coming in and out of like hallucinating that he's with his family on mm-hmm, his farm, mm-hmm. which in the beginning he had told yeah. his, his troops meant that they yeah. were dead. Right before he dies, he tells the leader of the guards, the same guy who sold him out in the beginning, to free his men and reinstate Gracchus, who I assumed was dead, but I guess was just arrested. He says those were the wishes of Marcus Aurelius. And then he collapses and Lucilla like runs down to, to be with him. And he says that Lucius is safe. And she says, okay, go to your family. And that's when everyone starts crying. Cause it's really fucking sad. Yeah. And then she's kind of in charge now. Yeah. Like everyone looks to her like, okay, what do we do next? Yeah. Which is pretty badass because this entire movie was just shitty men being shitty yeah. and making bad choices. And now it's up to her. Now she tells everyone in the arena, which inc- now includes Gracchus, soldiers, gladiators, you know, everybody that she says Maximus was a soldier of Rome and to honor him. And they carry his body out of the arena and they leave Commodus's body there because nobody fucking likes Good. it. Good. Yeah. Let the crows eat him. <laughs> Jaiman Hansu buries his little like figurines that Russell Crowe was always praying to mm-hmm. of like his uh, wife and son. Mm-hmm. And he tells Maximus that he'll see him again, but not yet. That I wrote in all caps. This movie was really fucking good. <laughs> like it is so good. Ridley Scott had some major dud follow-ups, but this movie is so good. Yeah. It, gets, it gets both my boobs, but not in a slutty bra, but in like a dignified, classy bra. Nice. Academy Award. Nice. Classy level yes. bra. So <laughs> Russell Crowe, I thought that he was not nice because the Meg Ryan thing. And yeah. do you remember that? 
Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Okay. So the Meg Ryan I thing. I do. And when he was filming in Beautiful Mind, it was like people were always like going to the campus to like go and see like what was going on or whatever. But it was like people like my age, you know, like. Yeah. And so they would like yell things and like ruin takes and like think it was funny to just like be really obnoxious like that yeah, yeah. and he ended up like flipping off a crowd yeah. of people who were there to watch him and it was like yeah. a big I don't know if that was like a big story everywhere else but it was a big story in Princeton New Jersey <laughs> that he had done that um, and then Ron Howard who by all accounts is like a very sweet man was like I was ready to fucking flip them off like yeah. they were being obnoxious as shit yeah. but I think because of those things I always thought that he was like kind of a crazy person yeah. but he seems from his Wikipedia page he seems pretty nice um, <laughs> I think like like after this and then like marrying his wife and then he did like Cinderella man with the nasal wagger like somewhere in his life I feel like his personal life got more stable and so yeah it, he might have that, grown that makes up. a difference yeah. yeah yeah while he was filming Cinderella man a nearby Jewish elementary school was partially burned down and whoever did it left a note being like yeah I'm a Nazi like yeah and Russell Crowe like read about it or saw it on the local news or something and he called up the school directly and he made a donation to like yeah. rebuild it and the thing is is that they won't disclose the amount which makes me think it was really big yeah. and they're just being classy yeah um like he probably just rebuilt it not like to help not like here's a little kitty to get you started it's probably like do you need five million dollars to fix the school here you go and the town where he lives in australia and another school was trying to get a pool built and a kid drowned at a nearby beach and everyone was like well if we had had this pool that we've been trying to get built for 10 years that wouldn't have happened and so he donated 200 grand for the pool nice (laughs) yeah and this seems like three years ago at least at this point but during the australian brush fires yeah he raised over four hundred thousand dollars. Oh wow! Good yeah, Walking Phoenix supports a lot of charities because he was raised by hippies. Um, oh, love it! Yeah, he supports Amnesty International, Art of Elysium, which Hugh Jackman also supports, mm-hmm, we mm-hmm. Covered, and the Peace Alliance. And those are just a few. I'm probably going to do some more Walking Phoenix stuff. Yeah, so we'll revisit that. And there's like so much there. So, so that was Academy Award winning Gladiator. Nice. Yeah. So good. Yeah. And as we always say, if you want to see good butts, you got to watch bad movies. Goodbye.